Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. All right, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Behold, 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 a Pale Podcast. Woo! I thought you were going to chime in a little more with me there, Alex. With the you saw well, I, I don't want oh, I don't want to uh, overshadow overshadow you. I, I've been accused of trying to overshadow you. I want to pull back. That is true, Alex. A lot of people complain about that. <laughs> So we got yeah we got Alexander Hawk over there. Heck, yep. We have Ray Booten. Hey. We have Sean Lally. Hello. Hey. So now that the gang's all here, we are uh, we're gonna jump into a a, a fun episode of um, of Cecil. Cecil Hotel. Now, Alexander, you brought this was a. We talked about this episode uh, for many moons, kind of, but that you were the guy that really pushed this one forward. Do you want to uh, introduce this to the audience? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that I'm sure a lot of our uh, listeners uh, are aware of the Cecil Hotel, especially since on uh, Netflix they dropped a, uh, a mini docu series. Yeah. which um, focuses on the hotel, but also uh, mainly focuses on the Elisa <laughs> Lamb uh, uh, situation, uh, her disappearance, and okay. then, you know, uh, finding her uh, dead in the water well on the top of the um, Cecil Hotel. Um, now, it's funny because when when this all happened, I mean, I remember... You know, being like a lot of other people that, you know, this thing would pop up on YouTube and, you know, I would look at it and like, okay, this this looks really weird. Trying to trying to figure out what she's doing in the elevator and and of course when after the initial, you know, big um uh, passing around of the video and everyone 
you know, going and chiming in with their conspiracy theories, their their ideas of what is going on. Is he talking to someone? Is he, you know, doing some weird game or something? And um, I remember seeing that, and I I have to admit, I did not uh, realize or find out actually, actually what happened or what the yeah. end result was. So when they dropped the docuseries on Netflix, I was, you know, interested because I remember seeing the video. But other than seeing the video, I did not know what the end result was. So I watched the docuseries and I found it very interesting because I really didn't know anything about the Cecil Hotel. And and. And then, of course, you delve into Elisa Lam and her situation and then her disappearance. And just one of the things that I find amazing, uh, which one of the things I really wanted to bring up, is the fact that um, on the show, we like to talk about conspiracy theories. We like to dissect and see, could this really happen? What's really going on? But also another thing that I, I want to talk about is you have to also be careful not to just go off cock. Just, you know, you see something like, oh, I made a uh, comparison, so this must be the hidden agenda, or hidden meaning behind it. Because, I mean, like watching the, uh, the documentary, uh, they go on and made a comment, people made connections that, you know, the Elisa Lamb thing was so similar to the movie Dark Water, and they think there's some killer that, you know, loved the movie and, and killed her in that specific way. And and there was another one about her being a secret agent and and uh, being involved in the tuber, uh, tuberculosis uh, pandemic that was hitting Skid Row at the time. And, you know, it's... And then, of course, you had the guy that a lot of people thought was the guy who killed her. Uh, uh, Morbius, uh, morbid. Um, Morbius some... is the is it Morbius the vampire from the comic book? Yeah, yeah. And morbid yeah. is 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 the. Uh, uh, the... Real, I'm gonna let you take a break real quick, Hawkman. Okay. I'm gonna let you go grab a smoke or something. Um, <laughs> let's give the audience a real quick rundown on the Cecil Hotel. Uh, uh, Cecil Hotel, you know, it's a budget hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Um, on Main Street, located on Main Street, opened it on December 20th, 1924. The hotel was renamed the Stay On Main as an effort to distance the establishment from its dark past, like Hawk likes to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the 19th floor hotel has 700 guest rooms. The, to- the hotel has a check at history with many suicides and deaths occurring there. As of 2017, it was being renovated and redeveloped into a mix of hotel rooms and residential units. That's even better, huh? And uh, the hotel will be open again for business in October 2021. And so when they when they originally opened the doors, they were hoping this was going to be like a fancy, smancy, you know, luxurious hotel. And they, they ran into the Depression era and, it kind of, you know, everything went downhill with that and ended up turning into like a more, you know, uh, whoever can, you know, Almost a like flop house kind of deal, you know. Yeah, crimes, drugs, everything just flopped to it. Yeah, it was all in there, you know. The desperate. And Ray, as you know, with mostly ghostly stuff, you know, when you have a house, a dwelling 
with all that weird, crazy madness going on, you know, the murders, killing, murders and killing, I believe, is still the same thing. But if you had, you know, <laughs> the killing and, you know, uh, you know, the prostitution and rapes, I'm sure, was also there. You have the drugs, um, all types of crazy things. What type of vibe do you think brings to an establishment like that, Ray? Well, but what it ha- yeah, it did start off as a nice place, very Art Deco, and uh, it ended up being right next to one of the largest, uh, when it took a downturn, one of the largest homeless areas and slums uh, in L.A., uh, primarily prostitutes, drug runners, and uh, actually, you could go in there, you pay by the hour. Yeah. Type, type of place. My favorite uh, type of hotel. What are we talking about? I'm a cheap guy. Heck Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, when you're talking about putting all that, uh, all that negative energy, those feelings, that hostility, that desperation all in one place, it really builds up. It builds up and you can't, you, you just can't get away from it. You probably you could feel it walking through the door if you were sensitive at all, or even if you're not, just like sometimes you meet somebody, you don't know why, but they creep you out. I'm sure there's a lot of people over the years walked into that place and they just felt creeped out because that energy buildup, that negativity is there. And uh, a recent thing I saw, I was reading in Forbes magazine, a scientist did an experiment in a specially built room that blocked all energy. And they found out that um, they were able to, with special instruments, measure energy that comes off the human body because we're basically an electrical system. So we give energy. And in Britain, they did an experiment with two different groups where um, they told each group, they told them different ghost stories, built a character or haunting and everything together. And then they separately with the different groups had them do a seance. And they also brought mediums in and the mediums contacted with the spirit that they were talking to. And they were also using a Ouija board. And though not perfectly scientific, but there, it was a control study is brought up the fact that you can generate energy and possibly even create an entity uh, with that energy. If you take that principle and you put it into the Cecil Hotel, uh, all those years, I think you've got one big pit of dark energy there that uh, a lot of people would be susceptible to. Do you think that Elisa might have been, you know, very sensitive to it, or that's she? Could, yeah, she could have been. She she could have been. She could have been sensitive to it. There's the other thing is, um, I know she was from Canada, uh, visiting. A, I've heard two different things. One is that she had some uh, mental impairment, and one of them that she did not. Uh, and the different research, but. Either way, you could still be susceptible. If she did, whether it was through trauma, then you take a lot of Aboriginal cultures, Native American being one, the people who suffer trauma when they're young or the brain isn't working right are more susceptible uh, to negative energies and to things in the spirit world. You also have, like some people have speculated about the, um, uh, the computer games, for instance. Well, we touched on that mostly ghostly, like the uh, creepypasta issue. Yeah. Where... And she has an Asian background. Well, in Asia, they have, they actually have one summoning demons that uses elevators. It mm. takes you into another portal. 
So I remember that. There's, yeah. there's a big mix in there as to what could have gone wrong. Um, could she have been overwhelmed uh, by the energy in there? I would say definitely that that's a possibility. Could she have unknowingly or maybe uh, tried a little bit of experimenting with that game with the, the uh, elevator? I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but uh, I really think that that place itself, anybody who really doesn't protect themselves or doesn't go in there knowing what the place is like, may be susceptible to something nasty happening. That sounds like Pokemon go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that yeah. nice? Now, Alex, you brought up TB earlier, TB yeah. hospital, tuberculosis. What, 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 what were you talking about with that? Well, um, in the docu-series, uh, they made a comment that around the time that uh, she was there, there was like a tubular, uh, you know, TB. We call it tubular, tubular locus. It's so great. A TB outbreak, a TB outbreak with those on Skid Row. And, of course, as as everyone knows, the Cecil Hotel is in the middle of Skid Row, and uh-huh. and a lot of people from Skid Row go in and use uh, the Cecil uh, for accommodations. And there was a um, there was a theory that uh, that she was like an uh, undercover agent or someone or something like that, and she was involved in you know either covering up or. Uh, somehow involved with that. And the reason that people made that connection was uh, there's, I think it was like a test for TB or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but the name for it was, if you look at it, was actually uh, if you took Elisa Lamb, her name, and like switched two letters in her first and last name, like just switch them over it was the the um, the test. So a I lot like of people, that. a lot of people made the connection, saying that you know that the test or uh, whether the thing was so similar to her name that they believed that Elisa Lamb was a uh, uh, fake pseudonym, mm-hmm. and that she was like you know somehow connected with uh, what was going on. Uh, people thought that. The TB outbreak was uh, a way to try to um, call the Skid Row uh, people, try to cut them down a bit because it was getting too too much at the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm it, not- yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you uh, that that was one of those I thought was a little too far fetched uh, for for for. Uh, doing the history on on her with uh, her background didn't it wouldn't make much sense that she was you know involved in that way, um, but that was one of those uh, theories that people came up with. I remember me and Ray on mostly ghostly talked about a hotel. I could have been the Cecil that um, they were going through like during the Black Plague or something like that and. There was a story of uh, someone's mother who had it, and they put him in there, and she died of the black plague, and they just like t- like threw away everything in the room, including the body, so like nobody would ever know that their sickness was in their hotel. Mm. Now the TB thing's funny because me and Sean, back in our younger days, when we used to, we went to this hospital, the old TB hospital, and um, 
as you boys can see by us talking right now, it isn't contagious in the air. We took the hard test. <laughs> we did the old, we like to live on the edge, you know what I mean? I think but, I was actually late attested that year for it. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Because of that? Yeah, just to be taped, you know. I don't even want to know. I wouldn't even want to know. <laughs> I think just you're good. Go. Just let it take me, if, you know. Yeah, right. I used to work in uh, healthcare. I used to have to get that test on a regular basis. Yeah, same, same. No, it's a lung thing, right? Like uh, you, your lung fills up a liquid, liquid and you suffocate type thing, right? Like tuberculosis. That's what the tuberculosis is? The te- uh, I, I used to have to go through so many tests at least once a year. It was ridiculous. I got stuck. I got uh, blood drawn. I got stuff injected under my skin waiting to see if something popped or grew weird. I mean, all sorts of tests. But TB was one of them. Food, you know, it was a lung thing. Well, what, what exactly was it? Uh, yeah, tuberculosis is. I think it's a fluid in the lungs. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think so. It's like COVID three. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> the uh, then they got rid of it though. They they fi- they figured out a way to get around it, right? To cure it entirely, or just to squash it out. It's no longer an issue. Um, well, the fact that, uh, this wasn't that long ago, I worked in, uh, healthcare and they still tested you for it. I don't think it's completely squashed. They have better treatment for it Good and point. it's not as common as it used to be. Hmm. It's lurking in the shadows awaiting its, uh, its big return. It's, it's rebirth. It's reboot. Yeah. It's getting a reboot. I heard. So, um, yeah, the TB is no joke. You know, you have that mixed in there that brings, uh, a lot of extra death, you know, those places, whenever death that is uncalled for before it's time, unjust, whatever you will, you know, I think that brings on a lot of baguette energy. Like we always talk about on mostly ghostly and such. Um, and this place is no different to its own. So with that being said, let's pop into the reputation that this dwelling has for, uh, some bad deals. Um, the first documented suicide at the Cecil occurred on the evening of January 22nd, 1927, when Percy Ormond Cook, 52, shot himself uh, while inside his hotel room after failing to reconcile with uh, his wife and child. The Los Angeles Times reported that he was rushed to a uh, receiving hospital with slim chances of survival. Death records revealed that he died the same evening. That's rough. That's, that's yeah. rough times. The, the, uh, the next reported death occurred in 1931 when a guest, W.K. Norton, uh, any relation to Jim Norton, you think? Doubtful. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I d- died in his, ro- his room after taking poison capsules. You guys ever see that video of the dude in court who took the cyanide pa- capsules by any chance? No. I must have missed that one. That was a crazy video. It was Alex Enderhawk's greatest performance. Yeah, Jesus. I, I know. I'm being too hard on the Hawkman today. You're always too hard on me. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> um, so after the capsules, throughout the 40s and the 50s, uh, more suicides of the Cecil occurred. You know, it's kind of a – you're also going to take into consideration this is California. This is people probably coming in to try and live that dream of being, you know, big-time Hollywood stars – don't have a lot of money, you end up in this, you know, boulevard of broken dreams, if you will, where everywhere you look is other people just as hopeless as you mm. trying to make this struggle, you know what I mean? Um, in 2000, uh, throughout the 40s and 50s, uh, yeah, more suicides occurred. In the 2008, two longtime residents referred to the Cecil as the suicide. 
So they actually started calling this building the suicide. That's crazy. Uh, and it became a popular nickname in social media years later. Room Spook, a website that tracks hotel deaths, lists at least 13 suicides that happened at the hotel, which doesn't really sound like a lot in the whole just of things. But in addition to suicides, Cecil's history includes other violent and disturbing happenings. It also became a notorious rendezvous spot for adulterous couples, drug activity and common ground for sex workers. Sounds like a party. I know. I was going to go easy on you and not do a joke about you. Oh, and then you spoke up. Um, but yeah, you know, with all that, all the different, all that different vibes and all the, just the mood, the sex worker mood is just kind of a bad, I assume. And even back in the day where there was, uh, as we get worse and worse to each other, people would speculate the, the further back we go, um, you know, I'm sure it was no picnic to be a sex worker back in the day, especially the the pimps back in the day, probably even a little more hardcore. What do you, th- what do you guys think about the pimp game? You think the pimp game's changed? From what? The, the Cecil Hotel back in the from 40s? The, from the Cecil Hotel days, Sean. I hope so. I hope so. Things got cleaner? What do you guys think over there? Ray, I see you smiling over there. Uh, no, that old-fashioned authenticity stuck around. Yeah, yeah, they they haven't changed much. The only thing is they do it uh, they do it a lot online now, probably. And what they do is of uh, if it doesn't work out, then they make a personal appearance and teach them a lesson. Hey, Alex, I won't let you incriminate yourself with the, with an answer. <laughs> Ooh, ouch! Yeah, uh, 2015, uh, while researching the Cecil Hotel for an article for KCET, researcher Hadley Mears claimed that in 1947, Elizabeth Short dubbed the media as the Black Dahlia, was rumored to have been seen drinking at the Cecil's bar in the days before her notorious and unsolved murder. You guys think that's a reality thing or more of an old wives I'll tie it into this and make it a bigger folklore type thing? Um, the documentary I saw, they took a look at it from a couple of points of view, including interviewing police. Yeah. That had, that had investigated cases. At, it wasn't the Netflix one. It was a different one. Uh, interviewing police that had worked on cases at the Cecil. Yeah. And they found two, they f- actually found the uh, investigator to, uh, the, you have the guy who investigated the Black Dahlia and he had a brand new young partner. And that ended up being the young partner's first case. That guy was still around and they interviewed him hmm. and they had checked out and he verified that, yeah, she had been there in the days before. Then again, though, keep in mind, um, well, I believe she was a prostitute, respect to the dead, right? Uh, she was, uh, basically, she came out here. She was an aspiring young actress. Her dreams fell apart. After that, I'm not too sure what happened. We just got way too close to home right there. <laughs> the, um, see, that's what earlier, like I was saying, so she, she lived that lifestyle. Um, so she's at that hotel, you know, uh, I probably shouldn't have, what she did, did she do prostitution and all? I thought that was like some type of deal that was linked in. That's how she found herself almost in that predicament. No, I didn't, I didn't see that in in the documentary that I saw. She was someone who had been in a bar for two nights before that. Yeah. Cause I mean, if, if she was like that, it'd be, you know, if she was, you know, working, 
it'd be very common to probably catch her at that hotel. Or if she was somebody that liked to party, you might catch her at that hotel. Or just even the, I guess, the crowds you would hang with, you could just catch yourself at that hotel. I feel like it'd be, it wouldn't be an uncommon thing maybe to find, to see somebody drinking at the Cecil that would later wind up dead. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, of mysterious causes. However, this claims, uh, the claims appear to be nothing more than a retelling of a long forgotten falsehood. The first appeared in the 1995 column written by Los Angeles Times scribe Steve Harvey. Without fact checking the claim, Harvey had quoted Ken Sheezer, author of the book This is Hollywood, as saying on January 11th, 1947, just three days before she was murdered, the Black Dahlia was seen in a bar in the Cecil Hotel with a girlfriend and two sailors. That sounds like trouble. Uh, either they tr- they're trying to give her a bad rap, Ray, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, and then added, in fact, the hotel and the bars in the same block, including the dugout next door, were uh, some of Elizabeth Short's favorite hangouts during the week before she was killed. Um, yes. Black Dolly claimed uh, claim is easily to be disproved, according to the LAPD records. Short was last seen alive at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel. On January 9th, she spent a lot of time in hotels, which is uh, something to take note of, I feel, and was not seen again until her body was discovered in an empty field um, on January 15th. There are no known records as uh, where if she was ever at the hotel officially. Um, but, you know, like it, like you said with the doc, Ray, what was that doc you were talking about? Well, uh, I signed up for uh, Discovery Plus and they have a lot of documentaries on there including uh, the one about the Cecil a brand new one, uh, look back at new information on the Amityville house because uh, it includes shows like ID Discovery which does a lot of crime and they look at old murders and uh, I just switched over to streaming instead of cable and that's uh, one of the apps that I picked up, and I've been scouring that. There's, to me, there's a lot of interesting stuff on there. And that's the second uh, the second documentary I've actually seen on it. And it's it was very it was very interesting. Uh, they went into the different murders there, and even when you're talking about suicide, uh, I got to bring this one up. Yeah. Uh, they had, uh, they looked at what they thought was a murder. Two people in a sidewalk, a guy with a broken neck and a girl all broken up, broken bones and everything all over her body. But the guy had just a broken neck. And it turns out that the uh, lady got a room there. She was on the outs with her husband. They had been fighting. He became a prime suspect. What they determined, what the police determined was that it wasn't a murder was a combination of a suicide and bad luck. She threw herself out the window from one of the higher stories and a guy was walking along. She landed on him, broke his neck, which is the reason why he suffered only a broken neck and a few bruises, but she had bones broken all over her body. So even when you're trying to escape it, uh, the Cecil Hotel, she took someone else with her, an innocent person. So it's a fascinating place. And yeah, one of my prime things, uh, besides researching on the web is also looking at documentaries about everything in the world. Yeah. 
Well, I gotta say, I mean, it was interesting uh, uh, watching the uh, the uh, documentary on, on uh, Netflix about Elisa Lam and uh, and the Cecil Hotel. I think one of the um, uh, as as Matt made a comment earlier about them rebranding uh, it as like the Stay on Main thing. And and by doing that and and, and doing a uh, you know flashy uh, website and all that is I mean it was interesting because uh, they were talking to another couple that went there and stayed there and of course they they just want to go you know the tourists check out New York it looks like a cool cheap place and you know you get there you find and and find the rooms to be. Not much more better than a, a flop house, and um, one of the things that I, I just, I just, uh, I, I think part of the thing that adds to the fact is that you have this this place that's in Skid Row. You got all these, you know, negative energies, and then you uh, gussy it up. I believe they said that they they uh, like walled off like the bottom two floors. For like the stay on main people, and but you still can end up meeting like the other tenants through the elevator because you couldn't, you know, cut them off from that. And the thing is, so you have two different type of groups of people. You got those who are down on their luck, those who you know might have mental problems, might have you know other like addiction problems, right? And then you got you know these just um, a tourist that you know they're like well I want to go visit New York I don't have a lot of money like Lisa Lam and you know get one of these rooms for cheap money and so you have these two different types of um, groups of people kind of thrust together I mean it's it's amazing that you know it's not more issues or more stories about you know clashes and things like that. I mean, uh, that that's, I mean, with, with Elisa Lam going there and then, you know, being put in this kind of, you know, situation, and it's not surprising something happens, especially uh, from watching the uh, Netflix thing. Uh, it's obvious that uh, this woman is not really how should we say, uh, 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 street-wise or worldly-wise. I mean, that's one of the reasons why she went on this uh, vacation, because she wanted to go out and see the world. I mean, I, it's really sad. I mean, the thing is that, you know, and so when she's there and she ends up, you know, uh, for whatever reason, in the situation she is, you have... So I, I think, you know, in my mind that uh, the hotel should ha- hold some responsibility of what happened, whether it's their uh, uh, negligence in, you know, uh, calling the cops when things were obviously going weird, or whether it's the whole fact of, you know, gussing up and trying to sell the CISO hotel as just a, a friendly cheap tourist place for you to crash because like I said, you got these two different groups of people that are now, you know, not real that are now thrust together and things are bound to happen, especially when you're dealing with, 
you know, this place right in the middle of Skid Row where there's so many people who are down on the luck and a lot of desperate people. I mean, it's just Talking my about current times, too? Yeah. So, yeah, why was she there? What's her reason for being there? Well, the thing is, in, in the Netflix uh, thing was... She was. She felt like she she wanted to go and explore the world. Now she's a young woman, and she has been battling with bipolar disorder. At least this is what the uh, Netflix uh, thing uh, pushed. And they went through like her social media, and it went on and talked about how she wanted to, you know, go out and and. And her plan was to go and explore the U.S. That's just social media, though. Yeah. On on social media, people pretend to be happy, too, though, Hawk. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean... They're real. Well, nothing... It's all propaganda. It's all... That's why we have the show. Yes, yes. Well, anyway, that's all that we have to work with at this point. I hear you, I hear you. Okay. Let's, before we, let's, let's, I want to, um, I do want to touch base real quick before we go too far off. I want to catch us up to um, where we're at, you know what I mean? So, uh, with a couple more bad things, I really want to complete the vibe of the Cecil Hotel <laughs> before we kind of go into the deal. I know you were just wrapping up the whole episode, but I want to <laughs> pop back into the Cecil Hotel uh you know, before we get to the lamb, you know, we're not, we, we're not on the lamb yet, Hog. We're getting there. <laughs> um, in 1964, a retired telemarketer named Pigeon Goldie, what a name, uh, Osgood, uh, I guess Pig, Pigeon Goldie was a nickname. She sounds like she works in the business still for, with a name like that. Um, who had been a well-known and well-liked long-term resident at the hotel. You know, she was found dead in her room, don't you know? She had been raped, stabbed, beaten, and her own room had been ransacked. The, the ransacked room was the most outrageous and <laughs> thing that happened. There. That's what everybody was up in arms about. That's what they were all getting crazy <laughs> about. That was the front page uh, article thing. Headline. All right. So, um, Jax uh, B. Ellinger was charged with Osgood's murder uh, because he was seen covered in blood roaming the streets close to the hotel, but was later cleared as a suspect. He mur- Her murder remains unsolved. So, yeah, when you're, I guess, roaming around in the 60s, roaming around with blood on you is not that big of a deal. Enough to bring <laughs> in, but not enough to really. They, they can't test the blood at that time? That, that in the, They could in the 60s, couldn't they? To make sure it was the same blood, her blood was the blood on his shirt? Well, I mean, I don't remember exactly. I mean, you have to remember it's that. It's not all going to be in the Netflix documentary, Hog. Yeah, I know. Right, I was watching it. Okay. Just making sure yeah. we're on the same page. Funny. Funny. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is that you have to also remember I mean, if you go even as early as the 80s, I mean, there's a lot of things that they couldn't do or test with blood during that time. I mean, there's 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 people being uh, uh, getting off of death row because of new uh, things in forensics. I mean, I can only imagine in sixties that you know they in the, in the eighties they could test your blood to let you know if you were a fucking alien. Hawk. Didn't you see the thing? Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. I just thought the 60s, but I thought the 60s would have been a little more advanced than that. Well, you, 
the sixties they weren't much into DNA, but they could at least tell what type it was. Yeah, red. They could type type the blood <laughs> if it wasn't too yeah. old. Yeah, so, but, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they can they can figure out the type blood, but I mean, uh, I don't think that they could have like just matched. You know, okay. This person had type O, we got type O, but, you know, not not anything closer than that. I, I don't think they had that technology at the time. Did they? I, uh, I, I agree. They probably didn't have that technology, and a guy probably got lucky because whatever was on his shirt maybe was his own type and not the girl's type. Something as simple as that. Otherwise, I can't see why they'd let him go. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be... Uh... Or, you know, unfortunately, we're talking about a time where if he was any type of respectable stand-up person and she was like a woman of the night, they wouldn't want to ruin his day by charging him with murder. You know what I mean? They would just kind of sweep it under the rug. I feel more so back in the day. What do you, what do you guys What do you guys think about that? Oh, they, they still do that now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's very common. It's very... You know, me and Ray often on Mostly Ghosts, we talk about a lot of these witch witch uh, hunts that they go on. Aren't really witches. It's just people they don't want around anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's uh, it's almost the same deal with this, where they almost, it's a weird thing because as much as they want to clean up their streets of the prostitution, I'm sure they all still went to them for fun and games. You know what I mean? All these Cobzillas. Um but I think anytime you're in that group of folks, you're going to run into, there'll be killers and fucking people around the corner that'll kill you. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, like, it's just kind of like a, it's one of those weird, uh, just kind of like, a, I'm trying to think of one of the, what are the phrases they have? You know, you run with the wolves type deal. You know, if you, you know, let's not go there anymore. Next up. All right. Hockey, giving me the look. Hockey, give us me the look. <laughs> Hawk was raised by wolves. Oh. Look, no, nah, I've met I met your parents. They're good folks. They're not wolves. They're not wolves, Hawk. All right. Okay, all right. that's good to know. I'll let my mom know that. All right. Do you guys want to say anything else about these about that? I mean, there's a lot of. I think there's. I think the, the, the black dahlia and this last one that we talked about, the pigeon goldie. I think we're. I think we're probably. You know, if not prostitutes. Maybe girls that just had fun. They didn't have to spend money, but, you know, we're open to have fun with anybody type situation. And, you know, whenever you have, I think whenever you get a situation where you got girls that are willing to give it up very easily and you, you circulate them with guys that don't get it all the time, you, that's dangerous right there because the jealousies that can come up from her being with one guy on Monday night and then her being with a different guy on Tuesday, if the dude if Monday night guy is obsessed and crazy, he might try and kill off Tuesday night guy, even though, even though he knows there's going to be a Wednesday and Thursday and Friday night guy as well. He might still, you know what I mean? So there's a whole weird vibe that comes with that whole thing. That's very dangerous. Well, you add in uh, the people living in that area around the streets and uh, the segment of society there, and you add in alcohol and drugs into that mix. Yeah. That's dangerous. It's true, you know. I think yeah. those last two, I think that with the Black Dahlia and, and Goldie Goody there, I think that's where they got themselves caught up in that, which is very troublesome nature. Yeah, plus also if they are thought of either, you know, ladies of the night or just, you know, the girls just having fun, especially at that time. Cindy I Lover. mean, 
Hmm? Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. Yeah, something like that. But the thing is that you know, uh, especially in that area, uh, um, anyone who you know uh, partakes don't even look at them as human beings or as women. They they look at them as disposable objects. So, like you said, if if someone you know decides that you know. He's upset that she's also with you know another guy you know you know taking the uh, taking her out and and killing her it, it it they don't they don't rationalize that they're taking the human life they're at, I mean there's so many times you're watching these documentaries or you're listening to these reports of people who kill women who are either prostitutes or those who are promiscuous. And the way they look at them is not as human. That's why yeah. they do what they do to them. And especially right. in this area where you have Skid Row, where everyone is pretty much looked at as, you know, not even human because they're treated less than human. That's why, you know, this that's kind of starts. stuff happens. That's yeah. what, the Charlie Manson effect. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then, you know, the serial killers are developed. You know, with that being said, uh, perhaps the most infamously, uh, in the 1980s, the hotel may have been the residence of serial killer Richard Ramirez, uh, maybe one of the most sadistic and darkest of uh, the American serial killers, for sure. Yeah. Nicknamed the Alexander Hawk. Um, I had to. Uh, nicknamed the Night Stalker. Oh, thanks. Yes. Yeah. Ramirez was a regular presence on Skid Row, uh, the Skid Row area of Los Angeles. And according to the hotel clerk who claims to have spoken with him, Ramirez is rumored to have stayed at the Cecil for a few weeks. Uh, Ramirez may have engaged in part of his killing spree while staying there. Another serial killer, Austrian Jack Underweger, stayed at the Cecil in 1991, possibly because he sought to copy Ramirez's crimes. Um, while there, he strangled and killed at least three sex workers for which he was convicted in Austria. On August 30th, 1985, after a group of Los Angeles residents spotted him in the street and prevented him from escaping until police arrived to arrest him. In 1989, Ramirez was convicted of 13 murders and sentenced to death by the gas chamber, though he would ultimately succumb to cancer in 2013 while still awaiting his fate on death row. It's kind of crazy. You know, there must be a lot of people waiting to die if he got sentenced then and he still didn't. He died of fucking cancer. He didn't die. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That guy from Austria, the interesting thing about him is that wasn't the only killing he did. He had been in prison for, for a couple of murders. Richie? And uh, that guy from Austria you mentioned there? Yeah. Yeah, he had uh, he had gotten out of prison. He came to this country. And what he did is he posed as a reporter. He actually got drive-arounds with the police, checked out the neighborhood and everything like that, acting like he's investigating the whole thing. So he knew what was going on, committed and committed the murders then. He, uh, whether it was copycatting or he was trying to outdo, but he had already had a conviction for murder. Yeah. Richie Cunningham Ramirez, we like to call him. Yeah. What do you guys know about Richard Ramirez? I know he just died recently, but he did some really super dark stuff. You ever look into like the things he did from the crimes to just the things revolving yeah. around the crimes and everything. Hawk, you look like you're ready to roar on some stuff. I'm going to let you roll real quick. Uh, 
Well, I mean, um, again, another docu uh, series on Netflix is about the Night Stalker, about okay. Richard Ramirez, and I think uh, one of the uh, most uh, you know interesting things about him is, and one of the reasons why it was hard to nail him down was the fact that when you're dealing with serial killers, this you know you get to a point where you have different types and you kind of pigeonhole. Now, Richard, he, I mean, he would, you know, go into an elderly couple's uh, house, steal from them, kill the husband, rape and murder the wife. And then a few days later, he would actually go kidnap like a six-year-old girl from a house, you know, take her away, molest her, and then just leave her, other than that, you know, without killing her or doing it, just uh, let them go. And, I mean, one of the things was that the cops that were doing the uh, investigating, uh, one of them realizes between these two uh, types of things, because you had the abductions on one hand and you have these uh, brutal uh, break-ins and murders on the other hand, and, of course, they're so different that they first looked at it as if they were two different people doing it. Yeah. But one of the cops actually, you know, figured out because um, Ramirez left his shoe size. Yeah, it was like a footprint, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, it was, and he was using, like, a, a very specific type of shoe. So it was yeah. easy for them to, you know, connect. Uh, between the two of them, and and that uh, and that's probably one of the things why he lasted so long and did as much damage as he did because he did not uh, go by any usual methodology that any uh, serial killer did before. Yeah, he was like uh, so. I mean, and then of course there was a whole thing with the different districts either not talking to each other or working together, you know, pissing contests between... Yeah, there was no communication with authorities. It was so bad. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's... I mean, th- and, and because of that, you know, he was able to, you know, rack up the, uh, the, uh, uh, the you know, the death count and the... Uh, and also the other uh, attacking of the children. Um, and and the thing is that it was obvious that he, I mean, he definitely, as serial killers, he's definitely one of the kind, because I don't think any other serial killer uh, was like him that had so, like, two different types of methodology that he reacted to. I don't think anyone else was the same like him in that respect. Well, he was like super dark with the, with the Satan thing. He was worshiping right. the devil. Everything was like a sacrifice. But I know he'd do like, uh, you know, he'd rape like old ladies and like yeah. make them do like, make them like worship the devil while he was raping them and like do weird things. Like, I think it'd be like, I don't want to get, I don't, I don't even know the full details, so I don't want to go too crazy. But I want to yeah. say he did all tell you, everything dark. Like, he's one of the darker ones, you know? Yeah. I mean, as I said before, I mean, one of the reasons why a lot of people couldn't nail him down was the fact that one day he'd, you know, attack an elderly couple and, you know, murder the husband and 
rape and murder the wife, and then the next day he the kidnap a six year old girl, molest her, and then leave her alone, you know, without her uh, killing her. I mean, the, and and because of the two different you know type of methodologies, a lot of people didn't connect the 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 the, uh, the that the same guy was doing both of these the kidnapping of children and then you know the uh, the burglarizing and the uh, uh, and the murders. Yeah, so, yeah. So I mean, he definitely was. It's like I said. I think he's the only serial killer that had such a wide disparity in his methodology. There's kids involved, all types of crazy madness. Um, yeah. We'll do Ramirez. We'll do an episode on Ramirez where we'll tap into the darkness, but. Ah, uh, just take our word for it. You can look <laughs> easily look him up. He'll get his own. He'll get his own Netflix special soon, where they have a handsome guy playing <laughs> the dude who played like uh, Freddie Mercury. Will be playing Richard Ramirez. <laughs> they'll be they'll be romantic, making a big romantic thing out of it. Um, yeah, but he was one of the yeah, super dark, super dark stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, in 2013, you know when they when he died. Um, they rebranded the Cecil by calling it "Stay on the Main." I guess when they, when Ramirez died, they had the oath, the blood oath to Ramirez was 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 done when he died, so they could change the name. And um, still remaining, the original ho- the Hotel Cecil sign and painted advertisement still there for all the people wanting to go for uh, tourist reasons. It became the focus of a uh, renewed attention when the surveillance footage of the young Canadian student. Alisa Lamb um, behaving erratically in the hotel's elevator went viral. Now, real quickly, I just want to say, do you, have you, has everybody here seen the new female Ghostbusters movie? No. Uh, yeah. Now, I saw, that hotel, I saw the it, first 10 minutes. Do you, do you guys think that that hotel is supposed to be the Cecil Hotel? Roughly? Couldn't tell you. I get that vibe. I get the vibe. I watched the whole fil- the whole film. Very bad movie. Um, the first ten minutes are the best part of that film. No. <laughs> I, well, well, it being over is the best. Yeah. I, I, actually, the best part of that film was Sam Hayes. Oh well, yeah. And I, a nice actor we worked with was in the film. A couple people we know were in that film. Christopher yeah. Long was in that film. Yeah. Um. But yeah, going back to this, we got uh, a girl over here. February 19th, 2013, the body is discovered atop the hotel. Um, horrifying. You know, people talked about the sweet-tasting water um, that they were drinking. Like, oh, that, that's terrifying. You think they got sued? You think there was lawsuits over this? Or is this just kind of a force of nature that you can't really uh, can't really deal with? I think the liability case against the hotel got dismissed. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things. I'm sure they would very, they would much rather have her not be chilling in their water tower for three <laughs> weeks or whatever. But oops, that would be my complaint. If I was the, the lawyer for them, I'd go. We would, we wish, we actually wish that she was not in our water tower. <laughs> um, uh, the video depicts, you know. Uh, repeatedly pressing the elevator buttons, walking in and out of the elevator, and possibly attempting to hide from someone. Um, recorded shortly before her appearance, and then her naked body was discovered in the water supply. I remember it was fu- it was like so waterlogged with water they had to actually like cut the cut the 
uh, vat or whatever it was, the, 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 the tub holding the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to cut it open and get her out because she was like, she was in there and she was all bloated up. So by that, there's a gruesome detail for you. Um, it's a whole weird, the whole thing's weird. I mean, everybody here has seen the video. What's everybody's take on the actual video? We'll start, Sh- Sean, we're going to start with Sean and we'll work our way around. What's your take on that video? Uh, I went back. I did some stuff. I found some things. Uh, I don't know if it's doctored or not, but there was like a talk screen. She wasn't taking any of her medications. None of them were found. So the video could have been her having like a full-on hallucination, panic attack, that whole ordeal. Uh, about a month after the whole incident, uh, an, an Asian family member videotaped himself climbing up to the roof, mm-hmm. finding a ladder up to the top of the water tanks, and yet another water tank being open. So uh, he brought it towards the uh, the liability case, and it still got dismissed. So I think there's a whole other level of corruption there, too. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. The I always thought that with the water tower thing, that was kind of... It's the same thing of like, um, like just recently there was a, a a kid that was shot in Quincy like a couple of days ago, and me and my girlfriend were talking. But he had a, he took a gun out of a, a, car, a squad car. Yeah, and we we're talking. She was like, "Does it have to be locked up and all that?" And you know, it's like you know, realistically, if it wasn't locked up, you know, they're probably going to say that it wasn't that it was locked and he busted it just because. Yeah. You'll never get the real story out yeah, of that. Yeah, because the, the, the small loophole of him not locking up the gun could be something that, you know what I mean, flip it on the dude. Yeah, like... Yeah, there's a weird line with the police, because sometimes they're good police, sometimes they're bad, and you don't really know to the end, which is unfortunate. But it's um, it's an unfortunate ride. Mm. It's a ride. It's a dirty ride. Um but yeah, uh, Hawk, what was your take on when you seen this video and all this crazy erratic acting? What was your take on what was going on? Well, I mean, the first time, you know, when when it popped up and I saw that, I mean, I think like a lot of other people, I I was looking at it and, you know, it was like, okay, this is extremely weird. I mean, when she goes out of the elevator, it looks like she's talking to someone. She's doing weird hand movements and she's doing kind of this, you know, uh, hiding into the uh, elevator. Uh, one of the things that was brought up was the fact that, you know, the elevator door wouldn't close. Right. And someone uh, on the documentary uh, actually went into the Cecil Hotel and went to the elevator, supposedly the elevator she was in, and looked at that. If you look at the video, she's pressing all the buttons all the way down yeah. and if uh, and he went in there and if you press all on the very last one is the one that holds the door open so i mean one of the theories was that either she did not know what she was doing and 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 uh especially if she was in the middle of an uh, attack and she just hit the bomb one and then of course not realizing why the doors aren't closing because she hit the, you know, doors stay open. Then there was the whole question about, because there was a point where the elevator door, you know, you know, suddenly, you know, was closed and there was like a second, it looked like an edit where the door, you know, jumped from, you know, the end to, you know, like a little less than halfway down uh, closing before it closed. So there's a possibility that something got edited out. Um, 
And uh, I think there was like one of the uh, cops made a comment that, you know, uh, there's certain things that they keep out of, uh, you know, what they release to the public in case they mm-hmm. find, you know, the guilty party so they can say, oh, how, how can you know that? That wasn't in what was released. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was, that was one of those things. And like I said, uh, there's so many possibilities of what could be happening on that. I know you're, you're, the do- documentary you love so much on Netflix, I know the lady that, like, is the the proprietor. The, oh, God, yeah. So, like, she seems it. so guilty. She's so afraid to get in trouble. Well, I mean, the thing is that... I mean, when when uh, she made a comment about, you know, uh, and one of the things that really got me about her was she makes a comment about Elisa Lamb kind of like uh, going nuts and making like, you know, I'm crazy. This whole entire place is crazy. And, you know, she's like, you know, I mean, why, why should we bother calling the cops? I mean, the cops usually don't come down here. And it's like, yeah, but I mean, you have a service uh, for you know renting out these rooms to people. That if someone's obviously having an issue, okay, I mean maybe it's just me. I think it's part of your job. Even if the police don't show up, just call them. I mean, at least then you're covering your own ass. If you were, well, let's let's, let's take this into the home front, my friend. Okay. You're at work and you've seen somebody acting like this outside of your store. Walked into it, walked out, looked around, acted weird, walked out. Would you call? Would you call the cops, or would you just forget that that happened? You'd probably well, just forget that that happened. Well, we have called the cops on a few occasions when things similar to that have happened. Are you, you're a bunch of Karens over there. Hey, hey, I'm just saying that when when something's <laughs> You know, off going on. When I mean, we've had people come in that have been a little off or off their meds, yeah. and you know, and they're acting irrationally. You know, we have had to either call uh, ambulances a few times when it gets really bad. Um, we've called the cops to try to deal with the situation, and like I said, I mean. First of all, one of the things I was wondering is that if if that incident happened, when why wasn't like the first thing that they told the cops? I mean, if the cops showed up, I mean that I would expect you know the well you know she was acting crazy you know she was we had to remove her from her room with the other. That's the go to. She's acting crazy or he's acting crazy would be yeah. the go-to thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if they didn't, I mean, the the question I had is when did they tell the cops this information? Because I would expect that if they told the cops this information, like, straight up, like, I don't know what happens, he was acting weird before, then, you know, when they're looking at, like, the video and all that, they might, you know, instead of thinking... That she's talking to someone like, well, this will look into her history, find out about her medication, and then, you know, all of this would not have, like, they wouldn't have put out the video because this would have made more sense. I mean, my question is, when did they find out about, you know, her erratic behavior? Because if- After they found her, probably. I'd say they didn't, 
they probably forgot all about her and had no clue until they found her body. And then when they found her body, they probably went back to look at the cameras. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, if you look at the hotel manager, she made a comp. It made it sound like she was there with this erratic behavior happening, and she made like made the decision not to call cops because, well, this is the Cecil Hotel. This happens all the time. That but, hotel, that hotel manager is like the bad, the bad girl from the female Ghostbuster movie, <laughs> but the bad guy in the movie, but the bad girl in real life. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, the thing is, I would expect that, I mean, if that was brought up first with the uh, police officers, then I think the entire, you know, uh, the entire mystery and all that would have gone in a whole different direction. Then, you know, they're looking at this uh, video and then just posting it online and seeing what people could make out of it. She she also felt like she was trying to be the new Carol Baskin too. <laughs> like she knew the potential was there to be the new big Netflix craze. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one can be Carol Baskin other than Carol Baskin. That's what they say. That's what they say. But you know, you got to. Everybody's got to be their own judge of that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Ray. What did you think of that video the first time you seen that? Well, I saw that, and uh, what I was watching, actually, they put it, and they gave, uh, they had someone who's familiar with and examines films who was looking to see whether or not um, it it looked like it was edited, and they said yes. The so-called expert said, uh, this looks like it's edited. When confronted, the police uh, blamed, they came up with excuses, not really. Uh, we didn't edit, we hold back, yada, yada. And then they, they blamed things on the news, and then the news blamed it on them. And it's been a lot of blame going back and forth. But the video expert that looked at it said it appears to be. The information that they put up with is that uh, around the time that they, she went missing, there was a male night clerk and a maintenance man, which would have been the only two people that would have the key to go up there. And supposedly by the hotel story is they didn't know much about her behavior until the police notified him after looking at the, uh, at the video of it Hmm. Uh, because they didn't have video all over the whole hotel. At that time, some of the cameras weren't working. They were lucky to uh, get that elevator video at all. And uh, now whether it's the hotel trying to cover their backside, I don't know. But it's uh, it's definitely a weird video. Um, apparently, it appears to be, it very much appears to have a little edit in it. What was taken out, I don't know. And she was not behaving in any normal way, whether it's because she was off her meds or something else was going on. I don't know. I Imagine. do know that if you start talking about the water towers at the front, I mean, at the top uh, to get in them, um you do have to climb a ladder, open a heavy metal door that weighs about 20 pounds. Then you'd have to, she was found naked. She'd have to take her clothes off, throw them in there, climb in naked. And somehow, since the tower swim along the top while reaching up to close this uh, 20 pound metal door over her own head. And that'd be kind of a difficult thing to, for help for she to put herself in there. For Sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, it's weird. The whole thing's weird. Um, the floor Lamb stayed on was one of the floors that did not have security footage. You know, who do you think would cut would cut that foot? Why do you, what do you think the purpose of cutting something like that would be? At that point, it would have you think that. Well, I mean, it could both still be a supernatural thing where gl- the camera glitched out, um, but it could also be more of a man-made problem as well. You know, it's one of those deals. Um, imagine if we later in life we found the lost footage of it and it's like her levitating in the middle of the elevator or like, <laughs> like a clip of something weird running by the door with her while she's inside, like, like a weird giant demony creature or something, or a big shadow person. That'd be cool. <laughs> Fuck you evil person laughing. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, so they, they still, they've been left uncertain whether it was a homicide or what was going on. You know, lamb's sister, like you guys said, he went there and he, 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 you know, he, he checked out the thing. Uh, but he also said that she had a history of not taking her medication. Um, among her possessions left at the hotel were several prescription medications seemingly untouched. Lamb had previously been diagnosed with an extreme form of bipolar disorder, which that could be trouble. Um, thus, thus, police ruled that her erratic behavior on the elevator was caused by hallucinations, and she stepped into the tank herself, believing she was in danger. Uh, the Los Angeles County coroner ruled her death accidental due to drowning, with bipolar disorder being a significant factor. Um, okay, um, I gotta, the problems I have with that, and why I tend to go more with the murder yeah. uh, angle, is that um, the difficulty of her getting onto a locked roof? Yeah, into into the uh, the water tower on top and closing it. Now, if she's having a bipolar episode, it could be with the people that were staying there. That uh, once she left that elevator, she ran into somebody, and, and whether the person is on drugs or not, or a Ramirez wannabe, whatever it may happen to be. That uh, or even a hotel employee, um, they could have done her in. It's it's very possible a hotel employee could easily be persuaded by a female to open up the door. You know, not knowing what maybe she said she wanted to go up up on the roof and smoke weed. You know, or see the view, take a picture, take a selfie. Nobody knows. You know, she could have said anything to get on that roof. But then the question lies of why would they leave her up there alone? And then the rest of it, how she gets into the tank, and then the tank gets closed, you know what I mean? Well, there was, I mean, on the um, uh, documentary that I watched, uh, the, there was a lot of discussion about the tank being, you know, closed, because originally they said it was closed, yeah. but as, as it um, progressed, the maintenance guy, and then later... They claim that it was actually open. It wasn't closed when they found it. Okay. Um, uh, the uh, and and of course there was a lot of people who were you know investigating you know uh, you know um, you know computer sleuths and of course the big thing was that like Ray said you know her jumping in and then suddenly and closing the door behind her does not sound feasible. And the thing was that up to uh, the point was supposedly they claimed there was a miscommunication that actually the lid was not closed while someone else did uh, release saying, oh, yeah, it, it, was, it was closed. But they claimed that it was actually open. I think that could be a twofer for the fact that they went up earlier 
and they checked out the um, the roof, and they even went by the water tower. Now the thing, and this was early on in the case. And the thing is that I don't think anyone bothered to go up to check the top of the water tower. So, you know, whether the top was open at that time or not, I mean, the fact is that maybe someone thought, well, if we tell people that it was closed, then we won't get at for the fact that we didn't do a thorough enough job until later. Now, the maintenance guy claimed when he went up there, it was already open. So it is possible that if she was having an episode, that she did jump in. But, I mean, then, of course, the question uh, then remains is, even though uh, the question I would say is then, why, why would she not have taken her pills? I mean, even though there was a history of her not taking them, you, I would suspect that, being in a, a new, different thing that one who knows that you have this problem would, you know, especially if she had the pills with her. I mean, if she lost the pills, then I can understand yeah. that. Well, usually pills, like, in situations like that, they're usually, like, sedatives, you know what I mean? So, like, you're going to take them, you're going to be, you're, like, clunked out. And some people don't like that clunked out feel where they say, I'd rather feel real or the natural field and feel the clunked out feel, you know what I mean? So like you can't really say that would be a reason why she wouldn't. I know, I know, I know many people that go off their medication. Um, you know what I mean? Mm. We work with a lot well, of them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, the question is for these people, <laughs> well, like it, it still boils down to whether the fact is whether you believe that, the uh, the hole was actually open and left open. You can point to the fact that it's just um, them being careless, keeping it open, uh, leaving that opportunity to happen. Mm. And then, you know, them trying to cover their ass, claiming that it was closed. Yeah, perfect storm. Yeah, gotta, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's there's a lot of things. I mean, unless you were there to – because there's so many contradicting – information that that is where the questions keep on popping up. Yeah. Yeah. One people were saying one thing and then you have other people saying another. And then, you know, I know, I know we're, I know we lose rain a little bit real quick. So I just want to say, Ray, what's your take on the invisibility cloak? I want to touch on that before you bounce out. (laughs) The invisibility cloak. Yeah. Which is very interesting stuff. (laughs) Why you think she was wearing it or personal kill? No, somebody take so the whole invisibility cloak for anybody out there listening is this whole thing that uh, speculated it could be a government tested thing to use as a war weapon or something, but it's almost like a, a some they they figure out a way to bend light, which if you can bend light, you can kind of make it look like like a see through type deal. It's like a science thing, but supposedly they've been developing this thing and it's a, this this cloak invisible cloak type deal that you put over it, you can kind of do as you wish. Now the speculation with that is the fact that maybe she, you know, maybe she knew somebody that was in researching, or maybe herself was involved with some researching. Um, and with the researching thing, I also want to bring in the fact that maybe if she was researching something crazy, maybe that's what got her in trouble. And you also take into the fact maybe she was having a sexual relationship with somebody higher up that wanted to get rid of her because she was, you know, showed symptoms of being crazy. 
You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. That, that invisibility cloak's going way back to the uh, Philadelphia experiment. The one that's the why, yeah, that's why I wanted you to touch in on it, because you know a little bit. Yeah, that, that, that experiment there as to their being able to bring it down to a point where uh, it is a cloak that someone could wear. You're going to have energy and power problems with that as far as being able to bend the light and warp it that way. As to her working for a Canadian vacationing in this country, working for the government on a secret program is a little bit of a stretch or maybe more than a little bit of a stretch. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, conspiracy, I'm conspiracy minded. I mean, I, I tend to go more towards uh, somebody uh, with all these conflicting stories. The conspiracy is that, and I would tend to lean towards someone in the hotel, either a guest or a worker. Yeah. Uh, trying, trying to cover them, cover for themselves because they killed her. Right. Um, that's the most logical thing. My second thing is not, it's not government involvement. It tends to go more towards the paranormal. If she tapped into something in that hotel that she shouldn't have tapped into. Some Ouija board stuff, maybe. Um, you've got all those serial killers. You've got Ramirez, uh, actually having stayed there for a couple of weeks. You've got satanic rituals. You've got all of that energy. You've got a history of a culture. She comes from an Asian culture, which, um, actually has rituals that involve elevators. And then you have someone that uh, who is off their meds and who knows what combination of energies could come together to be able to pr- produce something that would, through using a human being in the hotel as a means, yeah. uh, possess- possessing someone and having them get rid of her uh, or an entity itself just kind of doing her in because she was uh, an easy target, an easy victim, and maybe she could perceive or see them. And they wanted to get rid of her. What's your take on, like, um, maybe one of, maybe the the spirits or the serial killer vibe in it maybe had some type of link? Maybe she's linked to one of the victims or something like that. Uh, That'd be interesting to check out to see whether she is somewhere down the line. Um a link to a victim or to a killer. Or maybe if she's young, maybe she died there. And then she f- actually found herself back in that spot and finding, putting herself back in that spot. Now we're going into the reincarnation thing that Ray likes that I don't really get into big deal. But I was humoring <laughs> the idea of it. Uh, something like that, you know what I mean? And then, you know, you, you think there would be some type of window that would open up, like if you, to take into the recon, the, 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 the reincarnation to take that into consideration do you think that if somebody was killed in that hotel reincarnated came back and that person that reincarnated found themselves in that hotel again do you think there would be a link that would tie that person to the energy negative energy that was there if you're talking about someone reliving a life yeah um if that person had been in that hotel before they may have been drawn back to that hotel yeah, And they're, they're reliving that trauma, trying to escape it, but not realizing that they're putting themselves in the same situation for the same risk. Oh, my God. That would be awful. I know. I uh, know. Ah. <laughs> ah. Well, one, of, one of the things about reincarnation is you are reborn with a chance to um, break the chains or break the, uh, the flow of that karma of what you did in the life before. And the reason you keep reincarnation 
being reborn again is because you don't. You repeat the same mistakes. Mm. And you do you do the same things. And once you've made up for that, once you've changed it, then you move on. But otherwise, you keep coming back. Now, if she had been, she was young enough that if she had been someone there before, that she could have been someone who actually uh, partook in killing somebody, could have been killed there. True. And she came, she came back. And when she was there, instead of making up for it, she uh, lost it, became overcame, overcome by the evil that was there and suffered the same fate as the life before. Mm. Do you think the act of a murder could bind two families together forever? Something like that? Some, the energy of that? There are gener- there's a, something called generational curses. And it's not just something that you put on uh, yourself. It's that something that, let's say, your parents or your grandparents did that you carry that comment and you carry that curse with you so that um, it could be something that, I don't know, uh, that just travels on down the family line until someone breaks it, uh, either through different behavior or ritual. They have actual rituals for breaking uh, generational curses. Yeah. And I know you got to bounce shortly. So real quickly for you, Ray, what's your take on what do you think actually happened for you? For me, um, I think she was susceptible to the energy there. It made her an easy victim and someone else in there who was evil uh, took advantage of her and then dumped her in that water tower. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I mean, there's so many different varieties of thing. You know, you have the old killed by a person, whether it be whatever, it could be anything. You have the if you want to take the invisibility cloak. Sean, what's your take on an invisibility cloak? What's your what's your thoughts on something like that? I mean, you go down the whole UFO road with technologies we don't yeah. know about yet, but I don't feel like we're far off from being able to bend light, almost come completely invisible. I feel like technology could be there shortly. Yeah. If not there, also already. What's your take on it being like a demon, like a demon dark energy, like where Ray's going, where it's more of this dark energy that kind of possesses and consumes? I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm totally not against it. I mean, yeah. with uh, mental illness comes with all that stuff, it absolutely would be easy prey for like a demon or some sort of malicious evil figure. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Hawk, you still here with us? Yep, I'm right here. What's your take on the invisibility cloak and the the idea of it? Well, I'm open to the idea of it. I do have to admit that um, I don't see uh, that being uh, part of, of, of this thing. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense uh, for uh, because... I don't think that she's, even though people have thought that she might be connected to some, like, government agency and all that, I just didn't get that vibe doing in the research that she really was. Yeah. But, I mean, if we're going just on the theory itself of Invisibility Cloak, I, I totally believe that we could easily already have the technology to do that. Mm-hmm. And that the government itself, you know, has, like I said, the technology and probably is using it. There's definitely nothing you want to, especially if you have the technology, you don't want to, you know, broadcast it. So it definitely would be something under wraps. 
And you're not really a man of paranormal belief over there. What's your take on it being a demon or negative energy or ghost almost? Well, well, it, I I put under the same same category as what I said about when it comes to aliens. No. In the fact that I have not seen anything that uh, that makes me believe that it's a hundred percent actual there, but I do I am open to the possibility. Yeah. I know there's a lot of stuff in the world that we do not understand yet, yeah. and I think it's naive for you uh, for us as 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 people to think that there's no way that. There's no such thing as demons. There's no such thing as aliens. I think that's just plain naive. Right. Um, I'm open to the possibility. I I have not experienced anything that would make me uh, a believer. Uh, mm. But yet again, I have not been one to really uh, test test that theory either. Um, yeah. I like my ignorance. <laughs> I, I know you do. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I let Ray do do all the investigating with the uh, paranormal. I'll I just stay in the back and and I'll listen to Ray on on his experiences. Oh, I I have found a haunted place we can go to soon. That's local. You got to come along. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. You guys can go. Just tell me the stories when you get back. Just tell I like Alex. To, uh, I, I, I like to enjoy it at a safe distance. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to leave, but I got one question I'm going to leave you with. <laughs> if you're talking about the invisibility cloak and you're talking about the Cecil Hotel, yeah. is the government really going to waste exposure or anything in using that in a in a dump like that? Just a question I'm going to throw out there and say bye. <laughs> well, bye, Ray. And I appreciate that question. Um, bye, Ray. Yeah, that's a good bye. One. Keep it going. Ah, right, will do. Uh, I don't... Uh, yeah, you never know. They might not think people will believe it. You know, they might think that people they'll just they'll they'll naysay it. You know, if it's not in a respectable place, if it's in a place where people, every a lot half the people, you know, more than half people are doing drugs there, they're going to say they're high. They're seeing they're high. They're not. They didn't see that. They're high. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, the question I would have then is, yeah. okay, what, what? I mean, other than okay, that they say that you know they killed Lisa Lamb. Now, what was the benefit for killing her? I mean, I mean, Get the invisibility cloak back. There you go. At least uh, Lamb did. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I, I mean, I mean, the thing is, so we're going with the theory that uh, that see this stole so, stole. I mean, like I said, I I just well, people uh, have made the uh, saying that she might have been like involved with some government agency i i just don't get that i mean yeah i don't see a connection yeah yeah i mean mean, for for my research as just uh from what i found that everything points she's just like a normal college girl i did not find anything that she did in college that would raise any flags like she was any part of any secret organization or any secret you know college studies yeah but i'm I mean, heck, I, it's always a possibility. I yeah. just, I mean, out of all, all the different theories, uh, those things tying the government into that aspect, I just I just didn't see. I didn't see any connection. No, I hear you. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more of a perfect storm of a couple different things, you know what I mean? 
I, I do believe in the bad energy and all that bad karma around it, revolving around that place. Um, I do feel maybe she opened herself up to it. Maybe she was an empath. I think it was sensitive to certain things. You can never underestimate mental health. Um, her not taking that medication was probably a really big deal. I think that was a gigantic factor. You know what I mean? I, I also think that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. There's certain people, I mean, that I've seen people that when they're not on their medication, it's like night and day. It's like a completely different person. And they they would they could walk into traffic and not even realize they're walking into traffic. You know what I mean? So like mm. for her to for her to go and go into that, who's to say what was really going on in her head? In her head, she could have thought she was getting into the tub in her in her in her, in her hotel room. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's a crazy thing. So I do think that that factor played into it. Um, when she's looking at when she's in the hotel, you know, the, the door thing, which was very questionable. I do think that that was because you guys said she pressed all the buttons. So the, the it's an old elevator. It probably fucking got like, f- like, f- like uh, flustered. The, the, you know, the computer and it probably got flustered. Um, and it stayed open because that was kind of one of the, when I watched the video, that was something that, you know, when you watch the video and certain videos have people's opinion with it. So it's like, watch how long the elevator stays open. Ooh. And you're like, Oh, it does stay open for a yes. long time. So it's an easy sell. Cause you almost want to believe it, but it would make sense that it would kind of stay open like that. Um, her running around looking like cr- looking all crazy and stuff, you know, mental health again on on that medication maybe who she was on different medication maybe she was on fun medication instead of <laughs> medication medication you know what I she mean? was taking her uppers instead of a downers exactly the mundo <laughs> you know what i mean uh that, that stuff happens you know and then if you get yourself in a situation like that you could just forget maybe she just forgot to take her medicine it's not that she maybe it's not even the fact that she said hey i don't want to take it she's got a history of not taking it so maybe she didn't but it's possible she just said i'm not i'm I already took it today. I feel fine, but not really know what's going on. You know, mm. it, it's very tricky, but I think that's kind of the deal. I think she just off her medication. There is definitely a bad vibe in there. Yeah. Maybe she felt that maybe her knowing the history of it and being off her medication, maybe it got, you know, and the bad vibe there, maybe it really got into her. You know what I mean? And maybe it told maybe you know, the, I, the medication thing is huge. The, medica- yeah. the medication, I think, is a big, big factor. I think that's probably the most important factor. And I think that's kind of what they chalked it off to as well. If we later were to find out that maybe she had a relationship with somebody that worked there and, you know, there was a fight and then and then that happened, then, then that would make more sense of why she got killed. You know what I mean? Mm. But I think it's more of, you know, she's vacationing. She was vacationing, right? Yeah. So it's very possible she could have lost her medication, not brought it with her. Um, well, well, I mean, yeah. when they when they oh yeah, they found, found it with her, right? Yeah, yeah, they they found uh, all of her medication and all that. So I mean, the thing is, it's either she decided willfully, you know, I'm out, I'm young, I want to experience life. I mean, that's the main reason why. I mean, according to her social media, which she used kind of as a diary. Her whole thing about going to L.A. was to experience life and get out of, you know, where she was in Canada. Was she get, was she coming from a bad place? Do you think that this almost could have been a long, like a cross-country suicide trip? Um, the impression I got yeah. was the fact that she was sick and tired of always, you know, staying at home. I mean, 
Because, I mean, with the bipolars, he dealt with depression, yeah. taking her medication. I mean, this uh, social media she used, I mean, like I said, it was pretty much her personal diary that they went yeah. through. And she would make a comment about all, all the other people she went to school with, you know, going, having great lives. And she wanted a bit of that. And that's why she decided to do the uh, trip to L.A. Now, right. I mean... I mean, like you said, I mean, it could be, A, that she uh, decided that, you know what, I'm going to enjoy myself, I'm not going to take my medication. Uh, B, that, you know, I'm having too much fun that I forget about uh, my medication, and of course I get to a point that I just don't, I'm, I'm into this delusional spell. Or C, that maybe she you know, was convinced uh, by the negative energy of the hotel itself, kind of like, you know, since he's already on that kind of uh, verge to, you know, you don't really need the medication and, and, and you know, just, you know, kind of fell down the uh, rabbit hole that way. I'm, there's a th- there's a thing people say a lot, they, they just want to feel. You ever heard that expression where people say, I just want to feel something? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, it, 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 with the medication, it's a... Uh, I think it's a, I've never been on it, so I can't tell you, but I've been, I've taken, you know, different pills throughout my day, you know what I mean? So I, 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 the, the feeling that you can get from it, a sluggish feel, a not really being in control of what you're doing or, or your, uh, feel, if you're not signing up for that feel, if you're not like, if that's not what you're going for and you have it, you don't want, you're not going to want to be in that feel, you know what I mean? So like, if you're, if you're, if it's like, okay, I, t- I don't do my medication and maybe, maybe I see things. All right. I feel normal, but I see things. I can either deal with that or I can deal with this thing where I feel like my brain and my body is asleep and I'm just a zombie moving. So, autopilot. Yeah. An autopilot. So like it could be that. And then it's just, it's a w- really weird thing. And it you know, it's, 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 it's all in her, it's her, it's all in her, you know, makeup. So like you, can, yeah. you really can't say what, what's what, you know what I mean? But I, I think that I think the mental health was a big part of it. I think the aura yeah. of what was going on. I do think that her getting onto the roof was just a matter of her telling some guy, you know, being cute with some guy and saying, I want to go up there for selfie, smoke some weed, whatever. Yeah, actually, uh, if I remember correctly, when in, in the documentary, that um, two things. One, I think the, the um, uh, door to the uh, roof actually was not locked, and the alarm didn't work. Yeah, and secondly, I, I read that. Yeah, yeah, and secondly, I think she did not even go that way. I think she actually went out the window, got on the fire escape, escape. And, yeah, yeah, and went up that way. Hmm. So I, so that's that's how she got on on the roof, because I know that they took like um, uh, police dogs and. The dogs, you know, led them straight to the fire escape and then lost her mm. scent from there. She was being, in her, in her head, she was being chased by something. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah. scary thought right there. That's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's like what, 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 we, what we don't see, what the sane don't see, if you want to call us sane, what the sane don't see, but the insane actually see. Imagine that. Imagine that no. world. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's like the mist. It's like the mist everywhere. So I think we kind of, we figured out the crime for everybody. <laughs> All right. 
But, um, yeah, very mysterious case. This is one of those cases we've been wanting to talk about for a while. Just there's so much. Everybody knows about it. And even before the Netflix special that Hawk loves, like every, it was a big deal. And um, the video is one of those weird videos. And it'll be around forever. That video will never go away. That'll be viral hmm. forever. They'll always be talking about it. Do you guys think this case would have gotten as much exposure as it has if it didn't happen at the Cecil? Like if it happened at the Hilton? That's a good question. It could have yeah. been. It could have been. It could have been harder to cover up being at the Cecil. Like Hilton Hotel probably wouldn't. I don't know. It's interesting because it's like Disney World. You know, a lot of bad things mm. happen behind the scenes, but you never hear about it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, that's a good question. I I think the big thing, honestly, um, is is the fact of who she was than anything else. I think the fact that she was a young college age girl. You know a tourist coming from like another country coming into, and then coming into the Cecil hotel, which of course had such a sordid past to begin with. Yeah. That's every just, day, though. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's, I, I think, I mean, if, if it was just anyone else that, you know, I mean, so many people uh, come in and out and a lot of other people, I'm sure that we don't even know about have disappeared or died at the Cecil that hasn't even been, you know, hit front front page news. But I think the fact that you had this young, attractive uh, foreign girl coming to uh, to L.A. and going to the Cecil and coming, uh, going to the Cecil. And then, of course, you know, her disappearing and then that video which that's, is not such the video a, is what did it. That's what yeah. I was saying. The, if there wasn't the video is why people thought if there was no video, it'd be just like Hawk said, another lost face in the crowd. It's the, yeah. it's the fact that we I, have this weird video is why. Yeah. We're the the video is a big thing, but also the fact is if it was just any other, you know, run of the mill, you know, the cops wouldn't have even uh, thought about dropping the video. If it yeah. was, I mean, the fact was that uh, they needed answers. They were, hitting a brick wall, and that's why they decided to drop the video. Publicly. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, the video's big. Uh, if it was just, I think the video, even bigger than the actual water tower thing, I think, even if they just found her in the water tower, that could still be kind of hushed up. But that video, and I wonder if the, if the police let that video out there, like you were saying, Hawk, were trying to get some questions from the public, or if it was leaked. Because it's such a weird thing that that would be leaked. That something like that would be leaked after a well, while. Well, I, I mean, I mean, from what I, I, uh, from the documentary, what the cops there said was the fact that they were just keep on hitting a stone wall. They couldn't figure out what's going on. All that that they themselves, the police department, decided to drop the video because they were hoping someone could see something that they didn't. So, yeah. and which, you know, then, of course, created such a big, you know, conspiracy theories and, 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 and you know, people who uh, saw themselves as like amateur detectives, you know, there's people that devote their entire, you know, time to trying to figure out. I mean, there were talks to people who, you know, started to even uh, think of like Elisa Lamb as like a family member because they got so invested in the story and in what happened to her. She, if she was really that family member, she'd be that family member nobody wants to see. 
I hate to say that, but I got I get the vibe like they're probably uh, you, you use the word phrase we we say the family member because I feel like she's the one. She they're all like they wouldn't invite to <laughs> they wouldn't invite over because she'd get crazy. She wouldn't take her medication and get crazy. Next thing you know, she's in your fucking bathtub upstairs. Bed. Next thing you know, she's in your cup of tea in the morning. Floating <laughs> <laughs> around in a cup of tea. Rest in peace, Elisa Lamb. We just want to throw a rest in peace out there. Um, very tragic. Life lost is always a sad thing. We make fun. We, we not make fun, but we make jokes. Uh, we make jokes because... I, I do. <laughs> yeah, we, all, we all make jokes. That's what we're about here. We like that. We like, you know, you, you can't be serious all the time. But yeah, Lisa Lamb, um, very mysterious. I think, I think we can we we can all agree, um, a little bit mainly mental health coming off of that med that medication, um, and the energy. Hawk, did you did you admit that there is an energy out there? Or you admit that there could be. Well, I believe that there definitely could be, and I definitely do think that when you have so many you know, negative things happen in a specific area, whether it's uh, a hotel uh, or like a uh, section of woods or whatever. I do think that it's definitely possible that it builds up in energy and those who are sus- uh, susceptible to it, right? Um, especially those who unfortunately have um, either an imbalance or some kind of, um, you know, uh, 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 mental um, uh, instability that it might be, you know, kind of uh, tap into it. It's like, um, you know, uh, a, a, a great movie that I, I once saw called Insomniac. Of course, oh! this, of course, this one was dealing with, you know, uh, being deprived of sleep. But, yeah. uh, uh, but the idea of that when you get to a certain point, that if there is another dimension and all of that, that you can start to, you know, kind of see the other side or cross over to the other side. Uh, and I have not seen anything myself that would, you know, make me 100% believe that it is, but I also am not naive to say that there isn't. I believe that these things are possible, even if I have not experienced them myself. My fa- my follow up is that it's an elaborate suicide. That's my second my second possibility is it's an elaborate suicide that, and she kind of knew what she was going to do, and she knew that creating this video, being crazy like that in front of the video would create buzz and mystique around what happened. Not mean, not mean, not mean. So yeah, we 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 attacked the the Cecil Hotel in this episode, which was nice, and we kind of really dove into the Elisa Lamb um, story. You know, there's multiple stories that came on here. Uh, if you want to hear more about it, then by all means, uh, check it out for yourself. You know, use this as a stepping stone into your uh, truth truth finding abilities. Yeah, um, yeah. If you like what you heard, check out other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and check out Boombastic Streaming. It's our new deal over on Patreon. You want to get down, get hip. Uh, let Alexander Hawk eat that meatballs. Eat, the, eat more meatballs he's eating over there. And Bigfoot and Yeti shirt uh, doing it big. So, with that being said, thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you all on the next episode of Behold a Pale 
podcast. Stay, stay out of the elevators and the water towers. Thank you very much. It wasn't even first couple days in the job where the maintenance manager said that we had a problem. I said, what do you mean? One of the um, guests died at the hotel. It's hard to process. It's hard to process. Or working at the hotel, I mean, I'd never had any experience with a dead body or a coroner, you know, or even the police. That was like a real eye-opener for me. Come to find out, well, you know, this happens all the time. The maintenance manager, he walked me through the entire hotel. Along the way, you know, he would just point and say, someone died here, someone died there. Suicides, overdoses, murders. At one point, I think I just asked him, is there a room here that like, maybe somebody hasn't died in? I never got used to that. Never got used to that.